Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adia Jr., and joining me is Tim. Oh, J JK, we don't got Tim. Tim's dead. Tim fucking died. His, his fucking car crashed into a bunch of snakes. They bit him in the eyes. The other venom went through the eyes and fucking destroyed him. So I'm joined by the blind gamer, Steve Saylor. Jeez, bless. That's 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 graphic. Uh, anyway, know, it's dark. Oh, yeah, still snakes, man. They don't like us. The snakes don't like us. Welcome Jeez, to the show, dude. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, um, I'm, I appreciate being on and uh, you know talking some fun stuff and uh, rip uh, Tim, I guess. <laughs> How you been? It's, it's been a while, and when I say a while, it's been a, it's been a long 24 hours since I talked to you. <laughs> I was about to say yeah, um, but actually, I think this is this is our first piece of content we've ever we've ever done together. If, oh, is it? Have I not done KHD with you? No, 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 no. I've always usually Damn. done with Greg. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> well, how, how you been? How you enjoying uh, showcase season? Of course, the Destiny showcase was yesterday and also opening night live. I assume you I know you got to watch the Destiny thing. Did you also watch opening night live? I did. Yes, I was. Uh, I was watching along with uh, with with you guys. Um, I was able to catch it with in between uh, different meetings. I had it up in the in the background, basically. And uh, yeah, showcase season. It's definitely uh, it's that time again um, before, you know, the next three months when there's another showcase or whatever uh, pops up. So, yeah, no, it's been it's been, things have been good. Uh, you know, got a lot of stuff in the in the works and content creation stuff. You know, did you, that, did you get that. to hop into Destiny last night? Unfortunately, I didn't. I uh, I was busy editing, um, and if you don't mind, uh, the bit of the minor plug, I was editing a show that I just started uh, called Going In Blind, um, where basically I'm. It's a new Let's Play series I've been doing. I've been uh, basically where I get to jump in a game I've never played before, and I have a guest kind of guide me through the show, and there might be a uh, potential uh, kind of funny uh, appearance oh, uh, somewhere shit. in there soon. Um, but yeah, so I've been uh, working on that, and uh, it's in partnership with the uh, Epic Game Store. Uh, so they've been uh, great. Oh, to, shoot. To, That's yeah, awesome. Sponsor full season. So yeah, it's been kind of nice. And well, uh, well, so, What was the last yeah. one that went up for that? Because I, I saw the thumbnail, and it was you, and I think somebody else, and you found a mistake in a game. That was that was uh, just released today. Yeah, I uh, I did it with a, a friend of mine, um, a Twitch uh, streamer named uh, Jambo. Um, we played Bioshock Infinite, and we actually found a mistake in uh, in Bioshock Infinite um, that we don't think has ever been found before. There was a grammar mistake in one of the uh, signs uh, that was in uh, in Colombia, and we were able to. T I was actually able because I had a friend of mine who worked on Bioshock Infinite that I got to talk to. Um, that'll be in an upcoming episode. And uh, we, I was able to kind of get to the, get, find out what actually happened, and if there, if if it was something that they caught or didn't catch, we don't know. You have to watch the episode mm. to find out. <laughs> now, Steve, you'll be excited to know that last night I downloaded Destiny Two. I saw. I went, yes. Yeah, downloaded it. I've not played it for years, right? It was during the launch month where I got heavy into Destiny Two. I probably put in like eighty hours in that first month, and then dropped mm -hmm. off heavily because I, I beat the game. You know, I didn't have mm -hmm. any, anything else to do. I beat the game, so I put it down. Uh, and like since then, I've tried to pick it up with expansions here and there, but it's been hard sure. for me to to get back in because so much has happened. Uh, but I picked it up for the first time in probably years, right? I want to say since Forsaken, uh, and I played a bit last night. Uh, with a friend, we started doing the I think it's the Beyond Light campaign. Yeah, let me tell you, yep. man, that game that game has some good gameplay. Like yes, Destiny 2, okay, whenever I pick good, it up, I'm good. like, man, this game is so solid. It still mm -hmm. is, it still is that thing of, oh, I know this is so deep and there's so much here. And I'm picking it up with the idea of like, I don't know, I don't think I'm gonna stick with it. I don't know if I'm gonna stick with it. Like, I, I, sure. I'm, I don't want to commit, right? I just want to taste. And I, I want to see where that taste takes me, right? If I if I want to keep playing, I'll keep playing. But mm -hmm. if I drop off, I drop off. Of course, it's showcase season, but also we're getting into review season as well. So I yes. got a lot of a lot of other things to play, uh, right? But I did I did have a good time last night playing. Yeah, no, Beyond Light is definitely a, uh, was a great expansion uh, for the for the series for sure, and it was one that actually I think actually as far as story wise probably might be my favorite like the uh, of like even the season seasons that kind of uh, preceded it just before witch queen um so yeah no beyond light uh, it was kind of like the first sort of big the biggest expansion um i think the, yeah there was shadow keep before that but it was kind of like the one that was truly um like on 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 its own like it wasn't it didn't have any influence or or uh, any development during the activision uh time like shadow keep was sort of a, p a piece of that but mm. beyond light was kind of like that first one it also was the the launch of uh the xbox series x when that came out that was their one of their launch titles for it and so yeah it's definitely a great expansion to jump into so 
Yeah, I'd be curious to see if you stick with it. I know you got a lot of a lot of stuff coming up, but uh, I'd be yeah. curious, like if, if you ever and need uh, if you ever need a guardian to jump in and fire team it up, let me know. I'll, I'll, yeah, uh, I've got I'll be sure. Like, you know, you know it, it's fun that uh, so many people I know are super into Destiny, and and every person I know that's into Destiny are also into oh, let's get more people into Destiny. And so my friend that I was playing with last night, I was trying to figure out okay, where do I start? You know, I've heard of I know Witch Queen is the hotness, right? I know. Like when it comes to Destiny, the thing that appeals to me the most are more so the dungeons or the raids or the yes. uh, even Crucible. I loved playing Crucible back in the mm. day. Um, but they were like, yo, if you want to get started just leveling up, getting to a good place, do they said do Beyond Light because that'll give me the stasis ability. And yes. I've already got it. I've already gotten to test out that ability a, a, a little bit. It seems really cool. Uh, mm -hmm. And so that's the reason why I'm doing Beyond Light now. And then maybe afterwards I'll get into Witch Queen, though I don't. How long are these campaigns? That's my main thing. If it takes me like twenty hours to get through these campaigns, I don't know. No, I don't no, know no. if I got that time. If now, like I would say, like we, I was able to complete the entire, uh, I think, Beyond Light campaign, pretty much almost all of it within like the first day. Um, you can get it okay. done in like a good like eight to ten hours, pretty much. Um, at least for Beyond Light, Witch Queen took a little bit longer because you could. That was the first one you can jump into, either just going through it normal, or you can jump into it uh, what they call legendary difficulty. And it was the first time I ever got to go through that, so it took a couple weeks just basically to only just to like like fire team it up with my friends because doing that solo legendary is a lot harder for for me so um yeah i'd say you can get it done in like a, a good uh, expansion done in eight to ten week or eight to ten, eight to ten hours the, the the real time sink is the seasonal stuff that's done week to week so um yeah. there's a lot more of uh of stuff that's kind of being released on, on that uh basis but yeah you can get through an entire campaign in uh pretty short succession pretty much oh yeah well steve yeah enough about destiny let's talk about today's stories which include a quick recap of gamescom opening night live phil spencer expecting less console exclusives and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every week at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news needs to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosteeth.com or you can Listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you gamescom opening night live was yesterday and our live reactions plus our gamescast post show analysis is available right now for you to check out on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and then also we got a new kind of funny x cast up right now uh, and the crew has gotten to check out obsidian's upcoming game pentiment that is up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe now like i mentioned earlier tim gettys was driving driving in his truck his very blue truck that he he loves to drive drive everywhere ran into a pile of snakes. The snakes bit him in the eye, but it looks like he might be back from the dead momentarily. Tim, is that you? I have risen. Oh God! y'all. We had a whole plan. It was going to be Tim and Blessed. Get blessed a whole week of Tim and Blessed hosting kind of funny games daily. And guess what happens? A power outage in San Francisco affecting 47 homes, of which one of them is mine. <laughs> so, of course, God did not want me to host with Blessed. It would be too powerful to have me talking about Sakurai starting a YouTube channel. But it's okay. It's okay. Because this we, now we get Blessed with Steve Saylor, which is always a great, a great voice to have on, on this kind of funny game games daily show thanks tim i appreciate that and it's not yeah. my fault chat it's not my fault. i did not do this this is not my this is not my doing <laughs> how, yeah. how do you know it's 47 homes that's a very specific number did they say uh, in the, in the report he told me they, they told me that wow but, yeah i don't know it's a weird thing anyways i'm here for for one quick little uh update for you guys in the housekeeping realm um with the twitch story that we covered yesterday about them changing their exclusivity um, rules when it comes to streaming services, we're going to start experimenting a little bit over here to see um, what can work best for people and the different communities out there. I know we've been doing things the same way for a very long time, but we're going to try some experiments, see what sticks, see what works, and you know, just have some fun out here. So starting today, starting right now, actually, you can watch Kind of Funny Games Daily. I know people are watching live on Twitch, but we're live on TikTok. Kind of funny games you can go check out our TikTok right That's now. TikTok. You can watch both streams at once if you All want. All you Zoomers out there. <laughs> yeah, the quality right now is not perfect over on TikTok um, because of a, a lot of back-end things that we're working on. 
we're working on. Uh, but just letting everyone know that that's going to be an option. So that's going to be pretty, pretty damn cool. Um, and then another thing, because of this, next week, we're going to try an experiment and just see how it works out. We're going to try an experiment, everybody. Stick with me. We're going to do Kind of Funny Games Daily live on YouTube instead of live on Twitch. So it's a big difference, a big change up. We're just trying it out for one week to see what we can learn from it, see what, what what's going on, what's popping off. Maybe engage that audience over there a little bit because like, I know you guys have realized we have still not hit 300 freaking K subscribers. So, hey. <laughs> We're just going to do some tests over there. So hopefully you guys will join us, see what's going on there, see what's happening. Um, but anyways, the rest of the streams, gameplay, all that stuff next week will be on Twitch like normal. But just kind of funny games daily on YouTube next week. Come support us live, same time, 10 a.m. every single day. The experiment of a lifetime, everybody. Get hype. Wow. Tim, thank you wow. so much for that. Appreciate thank that you. PSA. Thanks, Goodbye. Tim. Good luck with Peace the snakes. Out, Tim. When Thank when Tim, when Tim said before the show that like we were gonna experiment with Games Daily on YouTube, like my dumb brain was like, Games Daily already goes up on YouTube. <laughs> what's, the <experiment? laughs> what's the experiment? What are we doing? Yeah. You know, now that Tim's gone, let's all ask the the question that we've all been thinking, right? Was that really Tim, or was that a bundle of snakes? Oh, oh. oh. think about it. In a trench coat. Think about okay. it. In a, in a bomber jacket. Come on. Steve. In a blue bomber jacket. In a Sorry, blue yes. bomber jacket. Yes. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Guy V, and The Saboteur. Today we're brought to you by MeUndies, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is, and forever will be, The Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have four stories today. Holy crap, a baker's dozen! Starting with our number one, we got a quick recap of Gamescom opening night live. Now, like I said before, right, uh, yesterday we did our live reaction, which you can go back and watch it live with us. Uh, we did our Gamescast reaction to it where we graded Gamescom opening night live. I want to go through a quick recap just for the folks that might have missed that and then maybe talk about the biggest headlines here. Uh, so, starting from the top, and these are just from my personal notes that I took during the show because I'm becoming an expert at this, Steve. All right, I don't I need to say, you got a big ass list in this. So I'm yeah, like, I don't need a Kotaku roundup. You know, I, I got my own personal <laughs> uh, uh, notes. So let's go through them. Right, we got everywhere. That was the first thing to to kick off opening night live. Uh, the with the slogan "Time for a New World" that is coming out in 2023. Dune Awakening was announced. That is an open world survival MMO. Uh, we got DualSense Edge, the PlayStation Elite controller. Callisto Protocol had a new trailer that showed off the mutation system. Uh, Lords of the Fall, or excuse me, the Lords of the Fallen was announced. Uh, that is the Lords of the Fallen sequel that is coming out of Hexworks Studio. That, that got a dope-ass trailer. Moving Out 2 was announced for 2023. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy got a trailer. New Tales from the Borderlands was, uh, was shown off in a trailer and has a release date of October 21st. Dying Light, 2 DLC, uh, Dying Light 2's DLC uh, got uh, revealed. Uh, Sonic Frontiers got a release date November 8th. Under the Waves was announced. That is a new game published by Quantic Dream. Goat Simulator 3 got a new trailer. Return of Monkey Island uh, launches on September 19th. Moonbreaker uh, got announced and was shown off in a new trailer. Friends vs. Friends was announced. That is a game that I describe as Neon White meets Void Bastards. It looks really cool. Liza P uh, got a new trailer that's been uh, slated for 2023. We got Stranded Alien Dawn, uh, a trailer for that. Uh, we got a trailer for Atlas Fallen. That was announced for 2023. We got uh, our 19th Homeworld 3 trailer. Uh, Genshin Impact got a new trailer showing off the new character and uh, some of Genshin Impact 3.0. Uh, Honkai Star Rail got a new trailer. High on Life got a trailer uh, where they were in a boss battle and they showed off a little bit more of the gameplay and dialogue in that one. Uh, the Expanse from Telltale and Deck Nine uh, got a new trailer. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the game was announced and got a trailer. Uh, we saw Scars Above, uh, Word Song from Something Wicked Games. That is the, the game that is coming from previous uh, Fallout, Outer Worlds, etc. Uh, devs. We got Age of Empires that got a new trailer. Gotham Knights got a trailer with a new date, October 21st, uh, being pushed up from a few days after that. Uh, Where Winds Meet is a really cool looking game. I think it reminded a lot of people of Ghost of Tsushima, uh, but it had a lot of cool stylistic stuff going on in there. Kojima uh, said he's working on some games, but also announced his podcast called Brain Structure that's coming out a little bit later. Park Beyond is a new uh, roller coaster tycoon looking game that looks really cool. Uh, we got a Pokemon car announcement. The Outlast Trials uh, got a new trailer. The Finals from Embark Studios got announced. Of course, Embark Studios is the same studio that is working on Arc Raiders. Uh, the Finals is supposed to be this first-person competitive shooter game show uh, game that sounds really interesting. That is having its, uh, I think it's a closed beta uh, type deal kind of coming out soon. And then the whole thing closed out with Dead Island 2, and that is coming February 3rd, 2023. Steve, 
did you get to watch opening night live i did yes um and i also did catch uh the kind of funny uh games cast that is out right now uh youtube.com slash kind of funny games um and i agree with i agree with all of your assessments giving it kind of like on the kind of funny scale of three out of five um it was there was enough there that kind of kept my uh interest um definitely the two hours kind of it it didn't necessarily fly by but it was like you could start to feel it after like the first like the like the hour 20 minute mark um and a lot of cg trailers didn't see a lack of a lot of gameplay which i was kind of like "Ah." i'm like okay i get it but um i don't know there's some there's some bangers in there that i was kind of like interested in like uh tales from the borderlands uh, as a like i've not played the game before but i've been kind of like itching to jump into the uh, into that series tales from borderlands is awesome I can't wait. I've I've got some friends who are like like wanted to jump in uh, with me, so I'm, I'm I'm really excited for that. Lies of P though. Here's the thing. I know it looks like a Souls like game. Um, I mean, pretty much even down to almost like the UI that it looks like mm-hmm. it. I don't know. It's the Pinocchio story kind of told in a different way that I'm like, ooh, that kind of piques my interest. And even looking at the trailer, it has may have like a a, a different style of combat. It didn't seem that it was very like dodge heavy that uh, or parry heavy that uh, the Souls games usually have. So maybe it might be a little bit more accessible I mean, for I, myself. I, I, I think that is them also leaning into the Bloodborne bit of it. Uh, Bear, I don't yeah. know if you have the, the space to, to, to look up. Uh, this morning, there was a 10-minute gameplay trailer of Liza P uh, that they have over at IGN. Oh. And I was going through it. I was, I was watching it. And when I tell you that this thing is one-for-one one Bloodborne, the UI looks like Bloodborne. The world looks like Bloodborne. The like the way the characters move, the delayed type of, type of movement. like A lot of that stuff is Dark Souls-like as well. Sure. But there is an overall tone. When you like slash and like the way the, the blood splatters, it is so Bloodborne, and Bloodborne didn't uh, have, like, a shield parry, right? In Bloodborne, mm. you had a, a secondary weapon that was basically a gun, right? And for me, I used the blunderbuss. That was kind of like a shotgun that sure. would uh, parry attacks uh, in that way. But it wasn't as explicit of a parry, you know, as a, hey, I'm holding a shield, and I'm going to, you know, uh, swing the shield to deflect your move, right? It's, it's a little bit more deliberate than that. Um, but, yeah, this thing looks dope from from watching the 10 minutes uh and that said right like i'm with you that i think the pinocchio thing kind of sets it apart i think that is Mm -hmm. such a it's a smart way to separate yourself because we've had so many souls games clones in the past and quite a few of them you know i look at um uh mortal shell for instance right that Mm. game looked cool leading up but i think failed to make as big of a splash and i wonder how much that is because uh as a quote-unquote souls like it didn't do much to make itself unlike souls right what is it that is setting this thing apart what is it that is that is gauging my interest liza p with the pinocchio stuff weirdly enough even though i'm i'm not a big pinocchio person i don't know anybody that's like die hard (laughs) pinocchio but i think we all just know the story and because we have that um that core thing that we can attach ourselves to Uh, that then brings us into the rest he's like the world's biggest pinocchio fan really kevin does just kidding that's not honestly i'm like i would almost sound like something he'd be a fan of though randomly yeah that sounds like a kevin thing if kevin was like no i love oh i can't can't do the squeaky kevin boy i love pinocchio i I love love pinocchio (laughs) i'm kevin i love Pinocchio. yeah i would believe that i would believe that but Yeah. yeah no this looks dope as hell yeah, I, I think like and hopefully knock on wood, fingers crossed, it's a little bit more accessible for, for me to be able to and uh, disabled players to be able to play. Um, and may, who knows, maybe that this might be the the first sort of like Souls like game that actually could be accessible. I, I know. Yeah, it's the story that kind of intrigues me a lot. Like, I love like those kind of like fairy tales or just kind of legends of lore that we just kind of grew up knowing about and seeing like people kind of like t- like take it and just sort of make it their own uh not counting that winnie the pooh horror thing because that's just like an abomination i just I'm like Dude. what uh winnie the pooh souls like though i played oh, that. Well, hey yeah i mean it just in the hunt like, <laughs> like uh, hundred acre wood being haunted uh oh, oh yeah. that could be interesting oh okay right. darn okay now now you may have just sold me um <laughs> but yeah i think that one like it just it just like the pinocchio story just kind of like okay i can see my i could see my my interest into that into that game i just would uh, uh I'll, I'll definitely have to check out that 10 minute uh gameplay just to kind of like put my accessibility consultant hat on and just kind of take a look and, and analyze it. But yeah, uh, I, for you we'll as, some, as somebody who, you know, you're, you're very much into, into you. You're one of the main accessibility media folks that I know, right? You are out there doing coverage. You're out there doing consulting. You're doing a lot of good work in the industry when it comes to uh, accessibility oh. and exposing people to the importance of, of accessibility and the details of what, how to get it right. From software games aren't necessarily known for their accessibility. Uh, for you, as somebody who seems somewhat excited for Lives of P, are you nervous at all because of how much is leaning into 
what it is? Or do you think that there's a chance that they might be able to get this thing right? It it depends. Um, yes, it definitely um, it, it definitely scares me a little bit. Uh, if they are leaning very heavily into souls, or or, or the at least the the looks like the maybe the carbon copy of, of Bloodborne, mm-hmm. um, so they may have sort of pick up on the on the elements of it that that essentially, uh, unfortunately, from software games aren't uh, accessible in that regard. But also as well, um, it, it, it it kind of, uh, they're, they're, are they, they're not an Asian studio that's, that's, that's creating it, uh, correct? I think it is, yeah. I think it might be, it is, it might be I, can, I can double check. Okay, yeah, because the, the, the tricky part with, um, with uh, at least the, uh, the Eastern market is that um, they are very, um, not necessarily like the, the, like they they don't really hire a lot of out like accessibility consultants. Um, accessibility is kind of like it's either an accidental thing with when they make in their games like Nintendo, um, or it's just not really uh, th- uh, thought about or or con- or considered. So it is tricky. They may have basically they may uh, they may want to be able to add in some accessibility because you know just more adding accessibility not nece- like doesn't necessarily. Uh, mean that it's going to make the game easier it just means that more players can be able to play it and if they want to get as many people to, uh, interested in the game as possible and and want to be able to spend money on buying it one of the the, the the almost like a like a slam dunk way to be able to do it is just make it accessible and and there's a, a there's a pretty large percent of disabled players that will want to be able to play that game so mm-hmm. it does concern me a little bit um but it, it, it's I'd have to kind of, it's like kind of like one of those I'd have to kind of wait and see what they're what they might come out with. Um, yeah, uh, so it's being it's being developed by uh, Round Eight Studios and published by NeoWiz, and both I believe are uh, South Korean uh, based. South Korean, okay, okay. Uh, it, it yeah, it, there's there's definitely some some hope there, um, but we'll just it's more of like closer to we'll just have to uh, wait and see. Would you say Liza P was the game that stuck out to you the most from the presentation, or were there any other big highlights for you? Um, there definitely were a few. I mean, the expanse, I am just a, I, I love if, if you have not watched the expanse, it is like one of like ultimately other than Star Trek because my love for Star Trek goes deep. It is by far probably the, the best sci-fi show that you could ever watch. And I'm not I'm not saying that even lightly. Like it is if you like hard sci-fi, that show is absolutely amazing and and extremely well well made and i am so excited to be able to uh to be able to play that when that comes out so i was really excited to kind of see more of that um gotham knights i'm a uh, uh, like you Barrett, i'm a huge batman fan so i'm all, i was already in on that one and uh seeing the confirmed that uh harley quinn clayface uh and mr freeze of course we always knew that he was gonna be in like seeing that new villains trailer and the fact it's gonna be bumped up a few days i'm i'm really excited to do that actually Barrett, i've been meaning ask you who do you think you're going to main in in gotham knights your first your first go around uh based off of the gameplay that we've seen so far of all the different characters probably batgirl like even from the Mm. the first uh gameplay demo that we saw back in uh the the dc dome um when Mm. we're all living under the dome uh they even hinted at like hey if you play the other arkham games like she'll probably feel the most familiar so i i I feel like i'm gonna want to you know, uh, have that Batman sort of feel as much as possible. You know, Red Hood doesn't look great. Uh, mm-hmm. Nightwing looks a little stiff and weird. Um, so I, I think probably Batgirl maybe play a, a little bit with uh, with Robin because he also seems a little similar as well. Um, but yeah, I, this was the best showing of this game in a while. I think this was a, mm-hmm. a really good trailer. You know, a, a lot of people have been. Kind of on the roller coaster, uh, on the highs and lows of this game and the uh, the marketing cycle and stuff like that. So I'm I'm back in, uh, but we'll we'll see how it handles all the RPG elements and and gameplay stuff. And uh, yeah, uh, you know what, blessing you were talking about, like uh, you know what are they doing to you having both Sonic and uh, God of War come out within a day of each other? I think October 21st, it's this. Persona 5 Royal comes to all consoles, and then there's, like, a third game, I think, that's also on the 21st, or within that, oh, like, yeah. couple-day like, period. I made, I made yeah. this joke yesterday about October 21st, where it's this, it's Scorn, and there's a third mm. game. I forget what the third game was. Mm. Um, and, oh, New Tales in the Borderlands, I think, might have been the third game. Um, but, yeah, I didn't realize oh, okay. that the Persona stuff was coming out that same day, too. That's yeah. actually really funny. Oof, that, yeah, that actually, because right. it was a joke when I say yesterday. That's actually, for real, that's a tough day right there. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> so, someone calls me out of the chat. Barry, you've already played Persona 5 Royal, but have I played it on the Steam Deck before? Yeah. You, yeah, you guys are talking to Barry Courtney. This man has played Persona 5 Royal <laughs> how many times, Barry? What, three or four? Uh, three, I think, at this point. 
Jesus I've, Christ. I've never played it, so I'm excited to be able to play it either on the Steam Deck or, uh, you know, Game Pass, uh, either one. So I'm just, uh, I'm gonna definitely gonna, I think I'm leaning more towards Steam Deck. I think I'm gonna, might, I might do that, um, but we'll see. Yeah, Gotham Knights, I'm kind of, I'm also excited about. I think I'm kind of like jumping in between like either going uh, Nightwing or Batgirl as well. Mm. Uh, Robin looks good, Red, like Red Hood, even the high-end gameplay, I'm like, yeah, okay, um, yeah. we'll see. I really like the idea of like the knighthood sort of uh, uh, sort of uh, like RPG element of like becoming your own knight. I'm like, ah, okay, okay. Right, yeah, right, gotcha. the, the custom is uh, like uh, making your own knight, which is like, yeah, was one of the cool things about Injustice 2 as well. Like really like making your own uh, versions of those heroes and stuff. So I am excited. And there's some some really cool cosmetics that we'll uh, we'll earn from loot drops throughout the game, which is so weird yeah. to say about a Batman <laughs> game. Yeah, and I will say this: if you chat, if you're still not uh, uh, like in, like into the Gotham Knights lore, here's the thing that might sell you: Scott Snyder wrote the Court of Owls, basically that whole storyline. We went the beginning of the Batman Fifty Two. The thing that sold me on it that it's like it's, the Court of Owls is like my absolute all time favorite Batman villains is that he when he said like, "What is the natural predator of a bat? The owl." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh." That sold me immediately. So, yeah. And, and, and the I'm, way that reboots, uh, you know, in the new 52 and kind of Batman in general of, you know, Gotham City is always kind of known as Batman City. And then to flip mm -hmm. that on his head and be like, no, it actually never was. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, Court of Owls is really cool. So I think, you know, uh, this might be one worth checking out. I We didn't see enough of the Court of Owls this time around, which uh, made me sad. No, but no. I, I know they, they got to showcase other villains to be like, hey, I've, it's not just them. Yeah, I think they're keeping that close to the chest. But anyway, as far as ONL, uh, yes, I will call it that. Fine. Uh, Dead Island Two is probably the other 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 game that uh, that I'm uh, that I was fascinated with. So I mean, that trailer looks good, and uh, yeah, we'll see come February. I was actually going to bring bring that up. You know, it's funny. Um... Coming off of opening night live within that two hour span, it's like you've seen so much and like a lot of stuff starts to mold, mold together. Waking up this morning, I was trying to think through the games, and funny enough, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be great necessarily, but I didn't, I didn't dislike that Dead, Dead Island two trailer. Like the more I think no. about it, the more I'm like, no, that's a pretty good trailer. Like I, I, I think for me, what made it stand out was it looks a lot like Dying Light two, which makes sense because mm -hmm. they're very similar types of games. Uh, but it has a lot more light and color and a lot more like. I don't know, not personality, but I guess um, goofiness than yes. Dying Light 2, right? There's a certain energy that Dead, I that Dead Island has that I think could make it a fun alternative uh, to, to Dying Light 2. The thing I will say, though, is that like a big part of what makes Dying Light 2 dope for me is the parkour system, and Dead mm -hmm. Island 2 is not going to have that, so I wonder how that uh, how that fares. But in terms of the cutscenes and story stuff that they're showing and uh, the characters, I'm like... I don't know, man. I can see myself having a good time with this game. I hope it nail it. I hope it comes out and that it's good. I hope. I hope so too. Like, uh, uh, like I, I will admit the the reason why I played Dead Island the first one was because of that really really dope emotional trailer um, that they released for that one. And and I was like glad that they kind of didn't try to duplicate that for this one. Um, that they kind of went in a different uh, different direction for it. So um, yeah, no, that like I, I'm very very curious to kind of see uh, what we're gonna like. What we're gonna play with in, in literally a couple months because this is like yeah a weird sort of like announcement and then it's like yeah we're gonna play you're gonna be able to play it in like yeah. about six to Which eight is months the right way to do it right because this yes. is a game that was yeah. announced forever ago and has just been dormant and we all <clears throat> believe just went away and yep. doesn't exist anymore so if you're gonna re-emerge you better re-emerge with a release date that yeah is believable um and so yeah speaking of games though that are winning me over and also speaking mm. of gamescom one thing that didn't show up at onl but has gotten coverage at the Gamescom show itself is Forspoken. And mm. Forspoken ha also had uh, a 10-minute trailer that went up on IGN. Bear, I just dropped it into assets if you if you want to bring it up. I watched through some of this trailer this morning as well, and I think this is the most that Forspoken has done for me in terms of uh, showing me what the game is and m selling me on the game. It is a lot of gameplay. It is a lot of... It's actually what I've been asking for in terms of Welcome to the world of Perspoken. In this mm -hmm. game, you'll be playing as, you know, this person and you'll be you'll have your home in I forget what they call it, but like it's like Sepal. I think I think it is Sepal. You'll uh have your base city of Sepal and you'll be you'll be taking quests and going out in the open world. And this is the most this is the most that I've understood what Forspoken is from a trailer that 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 they put out, but also the most where I've been like Ah shit! This combat, this the traversal looks fun, right? They're showing all of her different abilities. It all is very much casting, right? You are doing fire spells, water spells, ice spells, and all this stuff on uh, enemies. 
but it looks fun. It looks like there's a lot of variety in that. There's one move that they showed in the traversal where she's like on this water surfboard thing. And I'm like, yes. what is this? Like, this actually looks really fun. I don't know if you've had the chance to check out this this trailer. I did, yes. I was actually, uh, it's funny, just before you messaged me uh, this morning, I was actually checking uh, that out. I was putting on my accessibility consultant hat, just kind of like analyzing the UI and, and, and potential gameplay. This looks good. I mean, I was like, I'm the same as you. Like this one sold me a lot more uh, on what this game is uh, going to be. And I'm I'm kind of excited for it. Like the traversal looks fun and uh, the combat looks chaotic and, and, and frenetic with the different types of spells you can be able to do. And I'm really like, Curious to see how that flows together uh, and like would combine with the traversal. If that's going to work out too well. Uh, I will say a, a, a little bit of the accessibility thing. I do think that the, the the UI looks okay, but it has this weird thing in the menus where it has this like globe sort of effect to it. Uh, I think we're just about to see it in, 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 in this in this right now. If you're watching on the, on the YouTube version, yeah, it's kind of like it has like this oh, spherical sort of like look to it. I'm like huh i've never seen that in a game before i'm like i'm curious like is that gonna be like is that gonna be good i don't know anyway i i, I still think the text is kind of a little bit too small that's something i need to rally against in the, in the industry please if game developers are watching stop doing small text Not all yeah. sitting in like two feet away from a 40 and 50 inch tv so please for for my sake and for everyone else um but yeah anyway it looks good i think i'm really excited to to check it out and, and play it for sure and then and, and kind of oh, dive deep yeah into it. now that you i'm now that you mentioned it i'm noticing it way more and i don't know if i like this the way that the text wrap, uh, wraps around because you're starting to like yeah. lose cer certain words in there uh that's really interesting but yeah like looking at it i mean it's a game that i really want to I want to hold the controller. I want to see. I want to yes. see how it feels, right? I want yep. to move around and actually feel if it feels good to play. Because showing off all, I know we've seen the traversal before, right? They've they've been showing the traversal for a long time with this game. But mm. in this trailer, the, there are specific ways in which they're linking certain moves together. Where I'm like, oh, that looks really cool. And then you know they're showing that same stuff off in combat. I'm like, that looks really cool. Uh, the only thing really right now, I guess the main thing right now that's still putting me off of it is I still I don't really like the dialogue. With every word that is coming out of these characters' mouths, I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm gonna fall in love with um, uh, a lot, of, a, a lot of the back and forth and a lot of the, disc, the a lot of the dialogue that they have in the game. Um, I'm saying, didn't Gary Winner write it? Yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, some listen, <laughs> Gary, step your game up. No, I'm sure. Like, I don't, I, I don't know the level of Gary's involvement. I assume I Gary. Yeah, yeah. He's talked about it. Someone in the chat was asking about it. He's talked about it before, and I think he was in like early probably uh, the world, world development build, maybe world yeah, building yeah. and stuff like that because i think he's yeah, mentioned on the show saying. like it's interesting for even for him to like kind of uh, see where they've taken all the stuff that like he uh, uh brought to them um yeah. after after you know four years or something he's talking about it on x cast or maybe even games daily before uh for sure yeah i don't that's think gary would have named me Hedinger out here like writing no, no, the no. character yeah. arcs and dialogue and all that stuff no that's the thing that's actually yeah, like a even look giving a little bit of a peek behind the curtain as far as game development yeah like even if you are uh, a, a, on the narrative team and you do like leave kind of like to either for different opportunities or whichever um kind of like a little bit it, the, basically your characters or your writing essentially kind of gets put to another team and so it's kind of completely up to them as far as what they want to be able to take it and run with it and uh, unless you're kind of like from from the very beginning so um yeah that was probably my guess too i was just you know I mean, yeah Listen, and yeah. also, if Gary made something that was trash, I would also say that it was trash. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, listen, yeah. we've all seen after. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we can call a spade a spade wow. here. Wow. Nah, after a shade on kind of funny. Nah, all right. But, I love uh, it, love Rogue it. One, really good. Rogue One, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, debatable. Yeah. Debatable. You don't like Rogue One? <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> I've talked about it before. Yeah. Really? Oh, man. I love Rogue yeah. One. That's probably one of my favorite It would have been a better show, I think. I think it would have been a better show. It's not that I don't like the concepts. I, there's a lot of good ideas there. I think they try to jam too much into a two-hour movie. Wow. I think it's the opposite. Wow. I think it's like, like as a show, it probably would have been like too stretched out and and be like for like a, like six to ten episodes. I think like having that two and a half hour or almost three hour movie like there, I, there, I, there I may be a that. certain main character who has like a 180 character arc within two scenes that just doesn't work for me that i think would have worked better okay wow. fair i'll give you that i'll give you that but okay. you know I, I sort of take it as like you know it's, it's a lot of a lot of uh cooks in the kitchen mm -hmm. uh, as it were mm -hmm. but you know Ladies and gentlemen, what do you think of Rogue One? I'll let you guys think about that as we transition into this ad break. Of course, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can go and get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. 
This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes. I love Me Undies. It is very rare, if ever, that you'll see me not wearing Me Undies head to toe. I'm wearing the Me Undies shirt. I'm wearing the Me Undies lounge shorts. I'm wearing the Me Undies socks. I'm wearing the Me Undies undies. Of course I am. Everyone knows Me Undies for their super soft undies and comfy bralettes. But did you know that they make other stuff too? They have daily tees, shorts, rompers that add a little silky softness to your everyday. They even make hoodies for your dog. You know that Toretto and Moose be rocking those as well. MeUndies is your destination for all things soft and sustainable. For any first-time purchasers, you get 20% off plus free shipping and returns. To get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. You're not going to regret it. You're going to love MeUndies just like I do. MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. And we're back with story number two. Phil Spencer expects there to be less and less platform exclusives uh, in the future. This comes from Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Xbox boss Phil Spencer expects the number of platform exclusive games to decline over the coming years. In an interview with Bloomberg, Spencer said games being made available on multiple systems was better for the long-term health of the industry uh, than products being tied to a single platform. Console exclusives are, quote, something we're just going to see less and less of, uh, Microsoft's gaming chief predicted. Quote, Maybe you happen in your household to buy an Xbox and I buy a PlayStation and our kids want to play together and they can't because we bought the wrong piece of plastic to plug into our television, Spencer said. He continues, quote, we really love to be able to bring more players in reducing friction, making people feel safe, secure when they're playing, allowing them to find their friends, play with their friends, regardless of what device. I think in the long run, that is good for the industry. And maybe in the short run, there's some people in, in some companies that don't love it. But I think as we get over the hump and see where this industry can continue to grow, it proves it, it proves out to be true. End quote. Steve, do you believe them? Are we going to see less and less console exclusives as the years go? I think so. I mean, we kind of already saw a, a quite seen quite a bit of that, obviously, with PlayStation moving their uh, their games to, to PC and um, Xbox kind of expanding on, obviously, the the. Game Pass being on pretty much anywhere you want to be able to play and it's less tied to the console themselves. I definitely think that that, like that is kind of where the future uh, of gaming is going. It's just that being able to play anywhere with with anybody um, like that, that is just going to like that's just going to become the norm Um, because exactly as, as as Phil said, it's like it's like I I remember like growing up, I wanted to be able to play games with my friends and I couldn't because like we had different consoles and we couldn't be able to, to do that. So cross play cross save like all that like all that stuff. i mean hell like going back to even de- talking about destiny the fact that that is uh cross play um it was was huge i i started playing it on, on playstation um and then i moved over to to, to to xbox sorry bless um but it's one of those like i um i it's just it's like i think that the whole console like exclusivity aspect of it sure yeah you want to be able to like make like uh, uh make a business out of it but if you want to be able to get as many players to be able to play games as much as possible and if you if there's a dope game that is really cool um but difficult to be able to to get a hold of because it's on a, a specific console that's gonna deter people from being able to want to be able to pick it up and might deter it from being able to want to either make a sequel or expand upon it so the more people that can be able to play as as microsoft says and we like to say in the accessibility community when everyone can be able to play we all win yeah yeah i think it's a it's a fascinating and interesting quote from phil spencer uh and it's funny because i'm right there with you in terms of the cross-platformness of it right and the cross progression uh of it i did the exact same thing with destiny where i started off on xbox because i had more friends playing destiny on xbox but mm-hmm. then eventually i was like well i'm a playstation gamer like I, I want my save on playstation and when they opened that up and i was able to transfer that save i did it as soon as i was i was able to and now yeah being able to play that game cross-platform let alone so many other games right fortnite uh, rocket league the list goes on in terms of games that are now cross-platform and how much that is becoming more and more of a normalized thing. Uh, I think there's something there. And I think that is a future that is very attainable. And I think we're getting more and more uh, close to that becoming the norm where you come out and your game is for sure cross-play, but even cross-progression, right? I think that is the next big hump that yes. I hope we get over and I, that I, th- I, I think is attainable. Uh, in terms of console exclusivity for video games, that is where I find this quote to be even more interesting because Phil Spencer is speaking as the, the head of Xbox, right? The platform that I think is the most, is the closest to being, uh, to crossing that line into what that future looks like, right? Mm-hmm. 
Minecraft is a game that is owned by Xbox that is already cross-platform, right? Call of Duty is going to remain cross-platform. Uh, Xbox, for a while, has been publishing their games on PC and on uh, console day and date on uh, at the same time, right? That has been going on for a while. And if you if you told me that there's a a future where Game Pass ends up on like PlayStation or Nintendo or something like that, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. I think Phil Spencer wants that. I think Xbox wants that. I think that would work so well for the strategy. I think it's interesting, though, from the other side of both PlayStation and Nintendo, two platforms that I think thrive off of exclusivity, especially Nintendo, right? What is the mm-hmm. reason why you buy a Switch? You buy a Switch so you can play Nintendo games. You yeah. know, like, you know what? Nobody's out here buying a Switch so they can play Assassin's Creed 3 or, like, whatever other third-party games come to the platform probably way after the fact. No, I'm buying a Switch Speak so I can for play yourself, Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> Bear, Bear, you're out there playing Assassin's Creed 3? Catch me uh, playing the Hatchio Trilogy on Switch, you know? You oh, know, that's fair. Switch. I, I fair. did play. I will admit, I did actually play. I, I, when, I, I, when, when, I did, when I did my uh, Assassin's Creed in review, uh, I played Black Flag on Switch because that was such a fun uh, time. Oh, there you go. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I was uh, what was the game? I forget what the game was. Where I went to a PAX years and years ago when I still lived in Seattle. I went to a PAX West. Maybe it was, it was PAX East. I went to a PAX, and there was a, a Nintendo line to play like some big first party Nintendo game. Uh, it might have been like Mario Golf, or like it might have been something even bigger because it was like an important game. I was in line to play this game, and I had a press pass, right? So I was one of the first people uh, in line so I can get the press coverage of it, and. I was standing in line behind this girl who was there to also play a game that was in the same Nintendo booth because they have all the Nintendo games in the same place. And they're asking us one by one. In fact, no, I think it was for Mortal Kombat uh, on, on, on Switch. If that, if that even is on Switch, whatever. Um, the PR person came to the line and they were asking us like, okay, which games do you want to play? Okay, you want to play this game? You want to play this obvious game? You want to play this big Nintendo game? And then he went to the girl and was like, hey, are you here to play? And then named whatever the big Nintendo game was. And she was like, no. I'm here to play Assassin's Creed 3. And I look and I'm like, wait. <laughs> You're not going to act like that's not a crazy thing you just said. You're here to play Assassin's Creed 3, a game that's been out for years and years and years, just the Switch version. That that, Bro, that had that, to die. That reminds me of when I, I think it was um, Metal Gear Solid 5 uh, launched the same mm-hmm. day as Mad, Mad Max. And blessing you know, now that we've shared this journey, I was never like a Metal Gear guy, um, you know, until mm-hmm. we played through uh, 1 through 4 last year. And so, like, I remember that was, like, one of the few, like, midnight launch, uh, like, uh, GameStop uh, things I went to. And e- literally everybody, Metal Gear Solid 5, Metal Gear Solid 5, and I went up and I was the asshole who was like, Can I get Mad Max? <laughs> I would like one Mad Max, please. <laughs> That's so funny. To this day, I've not, I don't think I've even seen gameplay of that Mad Max game. I've always wanted to go Car back Combat's to it. Car Combat's great. Because I hear it's, it's good. awesome. I, was, I hear it's a same. good game. I, I've seen, I know the box cover. I've seen the box cover many a times, but I don't think I've ever seen any gameplay. <laughs> I it, always forget that game exists until somebody yeah. mentions it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, there was a Mad Max game, wasn't there? It was a solid 7.5. And a oh. lot of that 7.5 okay. is like carried by how fun the car combat is. I'm going to mm-hmm. look up and see if it's on Game Pass. <laughs> but yeah, like back, back to my point, though, right? Like, yes. Nintendo thrives off of exclusivity. Uh, mm-hmm. And it is so difficult to, for me to imagine any sort of near future where those games end up on other platforms, even after the fact, like what PlayStation does with PC. Um, but then you transition to PlayStation, and PlayStation, I I also find it real difficult, right? Like, it's not an impossible future. We're already seeing PlayStation games on PC, but there would, there would have to be some kind of drastic change in the industry, I would say, for PlayStation games to end up coming out on Xbox or on Nintendo, especially day and date. Yeah, I mean, I, I get this sort of like we just don't know what that future will look like, especially with sort of the um, the first party studios, at least. Um, I mean, yeah, as you said, like Nintendo getting Nintendo. So that's, that's just they're, they're just in their own world. But as far as like PlayStation and Xbox, I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. Obviously, they're making big plays and, and buying as many studios. Now, granted, I have to say this and cl- clarify that as an official accessibility consultant on Call of Duty franchise, I, I don't know what that what that future will look like when it comes to that uh, exclusive. But um, from uh, like, it, I think what Phil is saying here, at least regards to exclusivity, is that it just really kind of doesn't matter what you want to be able to play things on that like you'll be able to find a version of that um whether that's just specifically an ex- like exclusive to the platform or just a version of it somewhere um so mm-hmm. i think it's just we just haven't seen what that is going to look like um what the future is going to look like in, uh, about five to ten years uh, from now i think i think xbox as you said is, is the closest to kind of like seeing what that future is uh, going to be but um i i'd be very curious to see 
what the what the sparring match of uh, exclusivity between Phil and and Jim is going to be yeah. for the next little bit. And I, I this is one of those conversations where I want to know what Phil knows that I don't know, right? That we don't yeah. know in terms of you know the the path of exclusivity, right? Why PlayStation or Nintendo might give that up in the future, right? Like, what is the perspective that Phil is speaking from, or is he speaking from just a place of? Hey, I hope this happens, so I'm going to speak it into existence because this is our plan for us as Xbox, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's where he's speaking from, but I would love to know, like, maybe he knows something in terms of the way things are shifting and the way that, you know, exclusivity might be dropping that uh, might be fascinating there. But I think it's a really interesting quote coming from Phil Spencer. He would be, um, he'd be the one in the room, so he would know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but we, there's also more interesting stuff from Phil Spencer. Uh, it's from that same Bloomberg interview I'm pulling from Nibel, right? Uh, Nibel tweeted out, uh, Phil also commented on Activision cleaning up its act and, and shared his take on unionization. Uh, he says, quote, uh, I believe they're committed to that, Spencer said during the interview. Quote, when I look at the work that they're doing now, there's always there's always more that can be done. But I believe from the studio leaders, their uh, studio leaders there that I know that I know very well, uh, some of them former Xbox members, that they're committed to this journey. And I applaud that regardless of the deal. Uh, I've never run an organization that has unions in it. But what I can say in working through this is we recognize workers needs to feel safe and heard and compensated fairly in order to do great work, he said. Uh, he, he finished quote we definitely we definitely see a need to support the workers in the outcomes that they want to have end quote so phil spencer out there uh give him the good quotes mm -hmm. give him the a good of, quotes. a lot of good words let's see what a lot of good uh, words. The, uh, the actual actions that uh follow that yeah, yeah yeah let's back it up with action yeah story number three Sorry, i wish i could say more <laughs> i'm just like of course i work for raven so huh, i can't mm -hmm. <laughs> that's all i can say <laughs> I, I like phil's words let's just say that <laughs> well let's hop into story number three speaking of actions from video game developers that we like sakurai has started a new youtube channel this comes from chris scolian at video games chronicle Kirby and Smash Brothers creator Masahiro Sakurai has launched his own YouTube channel in which he plans to discuss game design. The channel, which is named Masahiro Sakurai on Creating Games, went live earlier today and gained over 100,000 subscribers in its first six hours. Quote, Jeez. right? Don't expect me to stream games or anything like that, Sakurai says in his opening video. Quote, I'll instead be talking about topics like game development and what makes games fun, end quote. Sakurai wants his channel to be able to teach a wider audience about game development and what he believes is good practice in game design. Quote, I'm often asked to give lectures at game development schools, he explained. And while I think it's a great idea, such presentations can only reach so many people. I've also realized uh, that developer conferences like GDC, while good for technical concepts, aren't always the best forums for discussing game design theory. Still, I feel like there's plenty of game design knowledge worth sharing, and people do occasionally ask me to teach them. Most importantly, those with no game development experience need a good starting point, a small glimpse into what this world is like. I hope that by uh, covering a variety of topics on this channel, I'll be, I'll, I'll be able to help more people see what game development is all about, end quote. Sakurai notes that Nintendo has given him, him his, its blessing to show prototype software and behind-the-scenes material from games he's worked on in the past, which, for me, that's the coolest part about it. Right. Yeah. Nintendo giving the blessing on something like that is so rare. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, Sakurai is Sakurai. He's got the cloud. He's got the stuff. And he also, I think, has such a great base of video game knowledge to share that this is such a cool thing. I think this is a great idea from Sakurai. A hundred thousand percent. Like that is like I just would love to be able to get like, uh, of course, I would have loved to been able to just pick his brain about game design. But this seems like to be the next best thing. And I love that. Like as someone who works on the accessibility side, being able to educate uh, folks, game developers and sort of the general uh, gaming public that about what accessibility is. I feel like accessibility kind of provides a really great behind the scenes look at what game development is kind of actually like and how to fully integrate that as part of like the design and gameplay and and play and play testing and all that stuff. And just kind of like hearing different perspectives, uh, especially from someone uh, who is like very revered in the industry uh, and uh, like has made amazing games. I would love to be able to kind of just sort of, uh, as they say, sit at the feet of, uh, of Sakurai and just kind of like, hey just give me all the knowledge you can and and he does actually mention in regards to like G places like gdc there is play like you can be able to learn from gdc but you have to pay a lot of money just to get access to the vault for any of the of the talks um that are up on on gdc so they're not widely available to the public and normally that is the place where game developers go to learn but this is like the the like i said the next best thing and i am i am definitely one of those hundred thousand subscribers for sure uh because i'm just like i am on board with that i just want yeah uh, it just it, it just knowing more about game development 
like not only just as a game developer, but also just as a gamer helps kind of at least understand how games are made and at least understand stuff like delays or why decisions get made in games or how this gets uh, how this was made differently than this and and what these systems work and how these systems don't like knowing having that knowledge going in can help be able to make gamers at least a little bit more understanding of the the what game development uh, like what game developers go through on a day-to-day basis and i, I think this is going to be a, a, a hopefully a huge a huge thing in the industry for sure yeah right and you know i i think it's really cool right where he does he references gdc and says you know while it's good for technical concepts those aren't aren't always the best forms for discussing game design theory right i, I love that yeah. he's going for for me the, the stuff that i deem more interesting because i'm not you know i'm not a developer you know i'm not i'm not out here doing the, the actual work but i think game design theory is a more approachable and understandable thing in terms of hey this is how you make a, ga- a great game right this is how we make smash brothers the best platform fighter ever uh this is how we make it feel good this is how we we design characters and this is how we design a level for kirby i think that kind of thing uh is something that you know a wider audience can appreciate and will be good avenues for people to get into game design and then get into the deeper stuff like uh the stuff that you would learn at a, at a gdc right being that bridge between i think is really important mm-hmm. we got a question in here from bander sn who writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can it says hey kfg crew last night masahiro sakurai announced that he would be starting his own youtube channel and my god i love everything about this this man is the greatest gamer we've ever known and this channel is such an awesome surprise for fans and aspiring devs Pandras and really love Sakura. Uh, Listen, I love them too. Uh, This might actually be the most in-depth source of Nintendo creative design guidelines we'll ever get. But not only that, yesterday Kojima also announced that he would be starting a podcast on Spotify. The era of gaming legends sharing their expertise has begun. My question is, besides Sakurai and Kojima, what gaming legend would you want to have their own media outlet and what form would it take? Maybe a documentary from Miyamoto or even a drawing live stream channel from Tetsuya Nomura. Thanks for taking my question, Bander SN. Steve, what gaming legend would you want to see enter the media space? Oh my God. Uh, I would, uh, I, it's, looking at this question, I'm like, ah, oh, man, there's so many different people that I would love to just kind of like learn from. Uh, I'm, I mean, Kojima definitely is up there. Like the, the fact that he's like, he's putting out a podcast, I'm like, Heck yes, I would just 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 know a little bit of the brain that is Kojima. I, I'm, I'm fascinated. I think though, I mean, I've always been fascinated, uh, even though it's not something that I I technically kind of deal with in, in on the game development side, um, where I kind of work with like a lot of design and kind of gameplay and and more technical stuff. I love to be able to like learn about the writers, and I would love to be able to like Amy Henning, like just learning more about her writing style and and same with like say like a Corey Barlog or or Neil Druckmann Halle Gross like they just learning more about like the writing of structure and how to write for video games which is so different than writing for a tv show movie or comics or whichever because there's so many different scenarios where player like player choice kind of comes into in, in, into it and there's so much that they have to have to write and how much do they take on themselves how much do they rely on the writing team to kind of like flesh out a lot of the extra worlds like like that in and of itself, like I just want to know more about. And uh, yeah, I'd say, yeah, Amy Henning probably be one I would love to be able to like hear a podcast of or whatever. On the same trajectory of just writers, I could probably listen to Tim Schafer for literal days yes. on oh, his yeah. writing style as well and how he yep. implements writing into literally every aspect of the of the game and makes it all kind of especially comedy and games like yes. how to write as a like how to write comedy oh, games yeah. that, that land uh because obviously with comedy it's a lot of timing and how do you do that within a gaming for, uh, format that yes for oh i'm so on board with that yeah. one yeah in a in a like weird far-flung alternative uh alternate future i'll love for like Neil Neil Druckmann, Corey Barlog, and like Herman Holst to do a podcast, like a ten episode podcast, Ooh, like, as like game directors. Is, yeah, as game directors, like Ooh. this is what it was like directing PlayStation. I'm sure that couldn't happen because of you know uh, fucking documents being signed and all this shit, right? Of like things they wouldn't be able to say. But like in a future where they're all post PlayStation, right? I don't want the I don't mm. want the polished PlayStation version of it, right? I want the post PlayStation <laughs> versions of these guys to talk about like you know no holds barred, like full transparency. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. was it like making these games, and like, what did PlayStation allow you to do, right? Like, what, uh, like, what was the direction each of you guys decided to take each of these franchises? Whether it's Corey with God of War, or Neil with yep. Last of Us and Uncharted, or mm. uh, Herman with Horizon, right? Like, what was that process like? I think that would be a, a really fascinating piece of content. Um, another one I'll throw out there: I, <clears throat> gaming legend is is I, I 
I wouldn't categorize these, these folks as legends yet. I think they're gaming stars because I think legends implies time being passed and all this stuff. But I'll love a live music making stream uh, uh, with both t uh, Toby Fox and Lena Rain, right? Of course, Ooh. Toby Fox from Undertale and then Lena Rain uh, being the composer of Celeste and Chicory and plenty of other fantastic games with fantastic soundtracks. I think having them do like a joint, hey, this is our music making process and having them making songs live, that would be fire. I would, I would absolutely love that that would be dope yeah especially like kind of like just knowing a little bit more about like their their music making process like as like i'm not anywhere near a musician i mean i know bless you 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 dabble in that a little bit yourself um but i i think like and your stuff is pretty good actually by the way um uh i i would say yeah i just like i love i love the like the learning about like different sort of things i'm like creative parts of the industry that i'm just so fascinated with and music is definitely one of them like i think that's kind of why i like uh um alana pierce's podcast with austin wintry like hearing like a little bit yeah. about his sort of philosophy on music making it's like okay yeah i i i would oh man toby fox and lena rain like that would be such a good yeah because for me too. they're the two like they're the two goats for me when it comes to indie composition yeah. i think their stuff is so perfect so good and, and it might be just a taste thing right where i listen to their pop to their soundtracks and i immediately i feel feels right oh, like yeah. I, I feel things listening to the soundtracks i would love to know uh, how they go about that uh, and if like they could get or like even if it could be a you know separate separated from indie get a um uh oh what's his name uh i think it's okage who does the soundtracks to near um mm. get him and get the folks uh, uh get the the composer to like kingdom hearts the composer to fucking um like persona and oh, there's yeah, one yeah. other game i had in mind oh the final fantasy 7 uh remake composer like get those four in a room and let just let them just go off about like composition and how you yeah. make iconic soundtracks and I then end like it end so each fun. episode with them just like jamming out Oh my god, yeah. Oh, oh my that'd god, be yeah. so dope. Each of them has even... like every episode ends with them like releasing some unreleased song that they weren't able to fit into a game. Yeah, like even when like even finding like kind of uh, uh those who actually like who put like certain music into the game, like I, like either get music licenses for certain songs and stuff. Because like when a good song hits in a game, like, he just like it's like I'm thinking oh like god. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm thinking of like Red Dead Redemption Two. Like it can like make you feel like feel all of the emotions and, and like in every single way. And I'm just like, there's something so <sighs> good about there's something so special about a good soundtrack, right? Yeah. Like I think you know last that last was main theme is so iconic Oof. because of uh, uh gustavo who works on it right mm -hmm. and like when you're playing that game there are certain ways that 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 uh that it gets uh i don't know if interpolate is is the right word maybe it is right but it's get it gets like re-brought in right or reprised in different forms mm -hmm. where it's like damn you nailed this one melody so well they're able to bring it back in all these different forms to contextualize all these different scenarios and it hits every single time and like that oh. one melody can mean so many different things in yes. the context yes. of, oh God, a, yeah. of a scene and to at performances and stuff like that yeah yeah to the point where it's like almost any game that has like that kind of similar style it's like oh is that like the last of us kind of music like that's the yeah <laughs> becomes almost its own genre and same like as you said like with persona or like a uh, uh kingdom hearts it's like it's there it's their own genre in and of itself oh 100 yeah. let's round out the Ripple report with story number four publisher p cube has been accused of manipulative behavior this is ryan dinsdale at ign upcoming slice of life game a space for the unbound has been delayed indefinitely as its developers Togue productions and modkin studio uh, have terminated their agreement with publisher p cube following a funding dispute the Indonesian-based developers released a statement on August 24th claiming they had been exploited and manipulated by P-Cube, who allegedly withheld a third-party diversity grant aw awarded to the studios and used it as leverage to increase its revenue share. P-Cube has denied these allegations, however, telling IGN that it, it has fully honored its publishing agreement that, uh, and that Togue Productions has tried to enforce unreasonable uh, revised terms. The statement from Togue Productions and Mojkin Studios reads, quote, Earlier this year, uh, we discovered that P-Cube Games, a UK-based publisher that we signed for console publishing of A Space for the Unbound for Western Regions, had done certain things which had, have left us feeling manipulated and exploited, and so we have, we have, had, to, we have had to terminate our agreement with them. At the height of the COVID-19 pandemic in August 2020, P-Cube Games used, their, used our position and heritage as developers from Indonesia to, uh, to obtain a diversity fund from a well-known console platform. The Diversity Fund was a grant fund intended to help underrepresented game developers, especially during the pandemic. However, instead of giving those funds to the developers as the grant was intended, P-Cube Games intentionally withheld information about the grant and used it as leverage for their own commercial gain. 
Rather than paying the grant money to us, P-Cube Games hid the facts about the grant's award and added it as a recoupable minimum guarantee uh, and then used it to negotiate the, the increase of the revenue share, end quote. Uh, there is more from that over on the IGN article. Again, I, I read from Ryan Dinsdale. Uh, there's more details on that. I encourage everybody to go over to IGN or go over to any uh, news source to, to, uh, to read up on it. It's a longer story. But wow, what a fucking wild story. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, as uh, even at, like kind of like hits a little bit closer because I've got a few friends like I live in I live in Toronto, so it's uh, I live in Canada. So we there is a, a pretty great um it, like development scene here here in Toronto, especially with like kind of Ubisoft Toronto kind of like the, being the biggest studio here. Uh, but then even uh, just in Canada, wide like Montreal having like five or six different like large studios. The thing that, that that a lot of people may not necessarily realize even about game development is that obviously for for indies, like getting funding for a game is hard. Um, mm -hmm. And fortunately, at least in Canada, there actually are government grants that you can be able to apply for to be able to make uh, your game. Um, and so it it can actually be able to kind of help make or break at least kind of the livelihood of the developers who are working on on most of the time, usually their passion projects. Um, and I even think like, I think uh, Drinkbox Studios, um, makers of Guacamelee, they're here in Toronto and they are uh, also kind of like, uh, they 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 also rely at least in part to those funds and, and, and to the from those grants. So seeing like, a, uh, I mean, we, we, this may be the tip of the iceberg as far as like other the studios potentially maybe taking advantage of, of those grants, especially like in a diversity grant uh, and even coming from an Indonesian studio, which there's not like the 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 uh, the, the East Asian market like Indonesia, I think of Th Thailand, I think of like the Philippines, like there is so many great like little indie uh, like studios that are coming up from that, that I'm like, I really want them to succeed and seeing them taken advantage of in that way. It's just oh, it's just it's it, it hurts the heart and and hopefully Hopefully they can be able to to be able to make the game and release it the, the way they want it to um, and be able to afford to be able to pay uh, pay their developers who are working on it. Yeah, 100 percent. Right. I think that's one of the more heart heartbreaking things of, OK, well, we were relying on this publisher to, to, to do right by us. And now they've kind of screwed us here. So we're separating. Cool. How do we get this to the finish line now? Right. Like, what do we do next? Who do we partner with with next? I think that is going to be a big uh, that's going to be a lot of work for them to, f to figure that stuff out uh, and to provide more context for people who may not be familiar with PQ games, because I don't think they're not a popular publisher by any means. They have done stuff that you would know. Right. Like I'm looking at their website right now and they've done work on Earth Defense Force. They've done work on uh, previous Guilty Gear uh, games. They've done work on Super Lucky's Tale. Right. Ga games like that. PQ has worked on. So they're a notable um, uh, publisher, even though they're not, they're not one of the more popular ones. Um, um, and yeah, that fucking sucks, right? Like if they, yeah. and my thing too is if they did this to this developer, what other developers have they done this to and having them not realized or having them not even having the resources to, you know, be willing to pull out and be like, well, no, we can't, we can't publish you with you anymore. Um, it all, it, it sucks, right? And I, yeah. I, I really hope that um, uh, the Indonesian studio here, uh, I lost it, uh, Tog Productions and Mojkin Studio, I hope they're able to like pull their stuff together and be able to, to continue with that game. And I hope, you know, if PQ is out there, you know, committing fraud, essentially. I hope they get exposed, right? I hope and yeah. I, I hope they get shut down. I hope and I able to do that uh, going forward. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's and I, I can understand that even the like the situation they're in, it's like it's hard to be able to come forward publicly about something like that, especially at, for like a small studio um, that they essentially like they're working on a game. They've been working a lot of hours on um, and a lot of time and a lot of resources and a lot of money that goes into it. And the risk is, is like if you talk about publicly and it just like and the game just may not be able to come out. And that's that's heartbreaking for for game dev when they, they just can't get a game uh, uh, published. And so hopefully, hopefully this this will definitely uh, uh, help them. And 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 if and if this game if, if this game does eventually come out, I hope that everyone will go in and and support them and be able, and purchase it um, and and be able to play it and, and kind of uh, hype them up for it because that's that's a tricky situation to be in. And I just like I I feel for the the devs there. And hopefully everything could be worked out. Um, hopefully soon. Well, Steve. I can't wait for Corey Barlog, Neil Druckmann, and Herman Holst to start their post-PlayStation podcast, but that alternate future is just, is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Drop Shops today, where would I look? You would go blessed to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host, each and every weekday. Yeah! Out wow. today, we got SD Gundam Battle Alliance for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Switch. We got Islets, Islets, I-S-L-E-T-S. Uh, that's out today for PC. And then we got Genshin Impact 3.0. That's out today.
Uh, one new date for you, Pentiment is coming to Xbox and PC on November 15th. Of course, go listen to the Kind of Funny X-Cast where they do uh, their full uh, preview of Pentiment uh, out right now. YouTube.com is Kind of Funny Games, podcast services around the globe. Uh, one deal of the day for you, this comes from Wario64. Metal Gear Solid The Phantom Pain on Steam is uh, $3.79 if you get it on Fanatical right now. And guess what? That's a game that is Steam Deck verified. So you can play that on this big, it's, beautiful it's been- machine. It's been downloaded for ever since I've had the Steam Deck Plus, but I'm just too scared to start it, Barrett. up, Barrett. <sighs> like, blow, but blow then Greg's mind. gonna yell at me of like, I need to play Peace Walker first, and it's gonna be a whole thing, you know. Barrett, let me tell you a secret. I never beat Peace Walker. All right, you okay. don't even I mean, play Peace Walker. Just play. Just I, jump into uh, Ground Zeroes. You'll be good. Confession yeah. time. I've I've never played a Metal Gear game before. That's okay. Oh, That's okay. Steve, uh, you know what I, we got to do. I only started playing them last year because the only one before that I played mm-hmm. was Survive. You know, so what we okay. got to do is we got to go through the whole series live on stream on Twitch.tv/slash <laughs> no, games. I do not recommend that. Someone who's went through that. All right, for you want to rake months. in the views? Look at the views on that thing on YouTube.com. Hey, kind of funny plays. It was I'm worth it. I'm just saying, you got a built-in marketing thing right there. Blind gamer plays Metal Gear for the first time. Just just cool. it's just full of putting it out there. Listen, all right. Listen, let's do it. Okay, nobody's gonna right, stop down, us. Who's gonna down. stop Let's us? Go. Craig Miller, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't pay attention to things. Yeah, he doesn't know what goes on in his own company. He'd be right? he's on, if he doesn't allow it. Like he's on a it. beach right now playing playing <laughs> Avengers on his Steam Deck. He doesn't oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time to squad up. Of course, you can write it to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you, you can get your squad ups read on the show, just like Rob did. Uh Rob wrote in with a squad up on PS5 and says, Hey, kind of funny. I just started Destiny 2. Literally, I downloaded the game just yesterday. I'm hoping some best friends could guide me through this massive game. I'm usually off work on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and I'm down to kill some time shooting weird bug monsters. Uh, Rob is on PS5. Yo, call me Rob. And Rob, I'll tell you right now, there is a kind of funny Destiny, I think, clan and Discord server that I'm sure will be glad to help you out. If you're listening and you're on that Discord server, DM Rob. Yo, call me Rob. PlayStation. Get him in. Show him a good time. Heck yeah. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Nitro writes in and says, Alana Pierce has a podcast on her YouTube channel that is about writing for video games, including an episode with Tim Schafer. Uh, and so if you want to check that out, of course. That's right, yeah. Yeah. That. yeah, yeah. Go to Alana uh, Pierce's YouTube channel show her the support and listen to some mm-hmm. good conversations She makes over there. so much content on top I know. of being a writer. How? Right? How I, don't know. How? I don't know. She's a superhero. That's how. She's an inspiration for me just because, like, as a content creator and as a game developer, I'm like, okay, she, if she can do it, I'm like, how does she do it? I just don't get it. It's it, it, so it really, like, uh, just, it throw it gives me whiplash when I'm reminded that she's only a year older than me. And I'm just like, man, how it like, gives me whiplash when I think about the fact that we're the same age. Yeah. Right. But I think when, when you, when you it get to whiplash six, knowing that I'm probably about like 10 years almost older than you, than you, I'm like, I'm still feeling that. When you like, get to dang, six, five I'm... in height, you know, that just, it just unlocks superpowers. I think, you know, true, true. Corey Barlog yeah. lets you do whatever you want. Oh, you want to do a YouTube channel? Why not? All right. <laughs> yeah. You want to do a podcast with Austin Wintry and Troy Baker and a lot of cool people? Go ahead. Why not? Oh yeah. We get a lot of peers. You're awesome. Yeah. Tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are going to be me and Tim. Uh, unless, you know, those fucking snakes get them again. Maybe he's driving down in his blue truck. He's on the highway. All of a sudden, a bunch of snakes are forming one of those. Uh, what do they call those? The spikes that pop your tires? It's going to be those, except with snakes. It's going to be badass snakes. Oh, his car fucking flips. He barely makes that. He crawls out, but then he calls me. And he's like, bless, I can't do KHD. Can you find a guest in 20 minutes? And I'm like, sure, I got you. We'll get Steve Saylor on again. All right. That sure. might happen tomorrow. <laughs> But we'll see. For now, it's going to be me and Tim. If you're watching this live on Twitch, after this is Saints Row with Mike and Nick. If you want to catch that stream later, of course, you can subscribe to YouTube.com. This is kind of funny plays. Steve, before we get out of here, where can people find your work? Uh, you can be able to find me uh, on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash snowball, or you can find me here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash blindgamersteve. And hey, if you want to be able to follow me on Twitter, at Steve Saylor, uh, S-A-Y-L-O-R, uh, you can be able to find me there. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for, for joining me, even on such uh, short notice. No, it's all good. Thank you so much for ha- uh, having me back uh, two, t- two days in a row. I appreciate yeah. it. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>